this week on the Glass Cannon Podcast. Why would you think we would commune with the dead to remove the curse of a black arrow killer? Lork throws himself upon the mercy of the Scone Qua. I know you to be a fierce and powerful tribe that is, does far more than simply speak with the dead. Though the rumor said that you're the only ones that could do that. And that's why I'm here. For if his heart is true... But I'd rather die and continue on this path, leading this lie about who I am and what I did. I'd rather face the evils of my past and fight them. If they kill me, then fine. That's what it was meant to be. Redemption may lie in the blood-sworn veil. You spend so much energy worrying about your curse when the greatest threat to all mankind is amassing an army of giants to take over the world. That is all that matters, Look, The adventure continues now. Everybody, what's up? It's your old friend Joe O'Brien, aka Lork, the Iron Tusk, here to welcome you to episode 135 of the show. I hope everybody is having a wonderful holiday season and that your 2017 has been a good one, with obviously more good things to come in 2018. I've got some business to take care of here at the top, and then we'll get into the show. First of all, a new disorganized play launched yesterday. For those of you that are $5 and up supporters on the Patreon, we wanted to give you guys something to celebrate this holiday season. So we released part one of a four-part one-off adventure yesterday on Christmas Day with our new friend Ellie DiLorenzo playing a knife master rogue on her first mission with the Pathfinder Society. We had a great time, and I know you guys will Absolutely love it. So make sure you check that out while you've got a little time off. And uh, it's going to be for the next four weeks, one hour installments each week. Also, don't forget that we are now doing a regular Friday night GCP Twitch. This Friday, December 29th at 8 o'clock Eastern, Skid will break out Planet Coaster. So that will obviously be an amazing time. Speaking of amazing... Huge news broke for us last week. If you happen to be on the Paizo blog or if you listened to Cannon Fodder last week and heard the announcement from Dan Tharp, who was a guest on the show, then you would know that we, as the Glass Cannon Podcast, will be the media guests of honor at PaizoCon 2018. That means that all of your Glass Cannon pals will be in the Pacific Northwest over Memorial Day weekend next year doing live shows, running games, generally just showing the world how GCP Nation parties. We cannot wait, and obviously there will be many more updates on that in in 2018. Also coming in 2018, multiple GCP Nation meetup events across the country. That's right. Regional captains are hard at work, even as I record this, across the country planning events for you guys that will kick off in the first few months of 2018, and more details on that will also be coming in the new year. Well, we have arrived at episode 135, the last episode of the year, 
and what an episode it is. I know that I will never forget the last episode of 2017. Ladies and gentlemen, The Glass Cannon proudly presents episode 135, Ranger Things 2. It's that time again. It's time for a little GCP trivia. Oh, wow. I was not expecting this. Today's episode, episode 135, gentlemen at the table. What was the title of episode 35? Joe! Oh, come on. (laughs) Get out of here. Uh, oh, it's a boat one. Grant, get You're off your on phone. The boat. Grant, get off your phone. <laughs> God damn it, Troy! I can do what I want. <laughs> You're not my dad. Put your hands on the table. <laughs> Episode thirty-five. Uh, We're running out of time. Oh, man, was that Dick in the boat? We have Dick in the boat from Skid. <laughs> Dick in the boat. Matthew. <laughs> Matthew's reading thank you cards, <laughs> written by illustrious GCP fans. I was mm. looking for clues. <laughs> Who knows? They might have mentioned episode uh, thirty-five. <laughs> frankly, whatever. I don't. I just blew a damn. Frankly, my dear, I just blew a damn. Frankly, my dear, I just blew dick a in damn. the boat. Grant. Uh, chelish buttholes. That is not. <laughs> I think that's it. That was Wild, un- wildly that inappropriate. Was a unreleased episode, and we all know why. <laughs> oh, uh, Matthew. We had so much fun recording it, I, though. That Matthew was featured prominently in that one. I'm gonna guess. It's- <laughs> <laughs> oh, Matthew, Peter, probably. <laughs> I'm going to guess dick, dick in a boat. Oh, two dicks and one <laughs> boat. Uh, one, what did you say again, Two Joe? dicks, one boat. I <laughs> said, frankly, my dear, I just blew a damn. All right, so we got one, frankly, my dear, I just blew a damn. Two dick in a oh, boat. Oh, wait, that is 100% wrong. And one. Because I believe that's, that's episode 39. I think that's past, yeah. I've got the answer right here. It is not Chellish Buttholes. <laughs> it is not, frankly, my dear, I just blew a damn. Chellish Buttholes 2? It is not Dick in the Boat. It is, in fact, Draking Bad. Oh, oh wow. Draking well. Bad. A classic. What's Dick in a Boat? 34? Dick in the Boat. Uh, 33? I don't even uh, Dick in the Boat is 33. Wow. Uh, okay. Yep. Yep. Good guess. And what did you say, Joe? Frankly, my frankly, dear. Frankly, my dear, is that 39? Yeah, you're way off. That's 43. 43? Did you think I said 43? having tracked the alpha drake to its filthy riverside lair the party embarks on a desperate attempt to rescues to rescue gormley's new best friend reggie the warhorse but perhaps an even greater danger awaits them back on board you know it was malira that's right oh yeah spoilers you know what i'm sorry (laughs) and both gormley and the horse are now dead i remember i remember recording and malira (laughs) Recording that intro, I remember doing it and like editing in a breaking bad noise and Troy. I was just thinking back. there was some kind of, yeah. Troy yeah. was like, I don't know, Grant. iTunes is going to take this down. <laughs> We're going to be out of business before we're in business. Now we've played Careless Whisper at least a hundred times. <laughs> it never got flagged. <laughs> well, uh, that was a hundred episodes ago. I was going to ask what the connection was. Been. This is just math. Just math. Your favorite, yeah. your favorite thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, 30, this is 135, that was 35. <laughs> and here we are now. In Bloodsworn Vale. That ate up a good minute and a half. That's what I do. 
little bullshit up top. <laughs> just kind of ease everybody in. Just dip a toe into the episode. See if you like. If you don't like it, pause it. Come back to it later. <laughs> Maybe it's not time, Skip. Maybe you're not in the zone. Don't drag me into this. <laughs> I will drag you kicking and screaming like a challenged butthole. <laughs> Can we please call this episode challenged <laughs> Well, it depends on what happens. Oh, Lord. <laughs> we got to remove that go. curse. All right, right. come on now. We're only three minutes in. Good Lord. (laughs) You guys left Yanderhof. You you met some new NPCs. Maybe you'll see them again. I had fun playing a few of them. Uh, You got some feedback. (laughs) Yes. You bought some magical items, some scrolls, some new spells, some headbands, and some this and some that, some giant Spain, and you leave the comfort... The relative comfort of the safe walls of the dwarven sky citadel of Yanderhof to venture forth into Bloodsworn Vale. All on the advice of a blind oracle from True Now. A former, what would you call him? As he was part of the, uh, he was part of an orc tribe, but he was like, uh, he was similar to Galabras. He was like a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A thrall. Thank you, a thrall. His covered in sores from this is where he got his power, though, like the volcanic uh, mists burned his skin, but gave him the powers of seeing tells Lork. I've heard about your curse. Seek out the scone qua. And it was Droja, another oracle, another orc oracle. Who told you in the first place that you had a curse? The murderer's curse. Everyone you've known has died around you, and now here you are, about to gain entry with all of your friends, Pembroke, Feyraza, Baron, and Sir Will, to the tent of a shaman of the Sconequa. The flap opens magically. You don't see a hand. Pull it back. You walk into the darkness of the tent, and the flap closes. And you're all in complete darkness. Even those of you with dark vision cannot see anything. Oh, wow. Total darkness. And then slowly towards the back of the tent, which now that you're in it seems much larger (laughs) than what you saw when you were outside of the tent. Comically larger. Flames light up what looks like the twisted skeleton of a mastodon that has been shaped to form a throne. And on that throne sits the Skon Kwa Shaman, played by Digimon Hansu. Oh, wow, cool. Check out that image right there. Oh, nice. (laughs) Wow. Ripped. Yeah. Oh, he's still alive. Is that Gladiator? Uh, I don't know what that is. That might be Tarzan, Legend of Tarzan or something. Uh, badass. And he sits there like left hand on one knee and staff on the other, like leaning in towards you. Did you know that Digimon Hansu was one of the guards in Stargate? Yes. When they first get there, he barely has like a line in the movie. Really? Yeah. Wow. When they first get to like the, you know, Egyptian land or whatever, he's just one of the guards that stands there. Hey. And then by the time he got to Guardians of the Galaxy, he got promoted to. <laughs> 
<laughs> you got to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah. got to start somewhere. I started here. <laughs> and we'll probably end here. <laughs> we see the whole arc right here. It's nice and tidy. <laughs> Gift wrap, the whole career. What happened to my dream? <laughs> he says in hey, common. Not too many actors get to pretend to be Digimon Hansu pretending to be That's true. somebody else. In this moment in time, there's a good chance only three of us are doing this. <laughs> He says, in common, knowing what he's dealing with here, my name is Wohate. I have been the shaman of this tribe for 45 years. Why? Do you seek the Skoan Kor? A great oracle of Trunau, Katrezra, spoke of your ability to pierce the veil of between the living and the dead. And I need to speak with the other side. I'm the victim of a curse. Curse I brought upon myself by a murder I committed thirty years ago. He told me I could seek you out and find a way to cure this curse. Do you think the Scorn Corps exists merely to remove curses? No. I, I've had dealings with the Scorn Qua, or at least my people have, a long time ago. The Black Arrows. We were hunting giants in these parts, and came across your people. I know you to be a fierce and powerful tribe that is, does far more than simply speak with the dead. Though the rumor said, that you're the only ones that could do that. And that's why I'm here. It is true that we speak with the dead. But we also fight the undead. We guard our Shoanti clansmen and clanswomen when they pass to the great beyond. We keep their memories alive through stories passed down through generations. Why would you think we would commune with the dead to remove the curse of a black arrow killer? I... I ask for your help in this endeavor. I don't believe that it's your purpose to help me. I believe, though that there's no one else I could turn to that could look through to the other side and help guard my way to find this. And he kind of turns to Feyraza, and he turns back, and he says, Chosen one who was lost from this land long before his time, 
It is my belief that it is not only in my interest to make this connection, but that it is in yours as well. For what if she tells me is true, this boy, his spirit, could have an effect on all of our lives. Could affect all your clansmen and clanswomen when it comes to a growing evil that is gathering in the mountains and is about to be unleashed on the world around us. I know this evil you speak of. We feel it every day. Though we hide amongst the shadows of the veil, we are not immune to this growing power. If it was the death of this chosen one that brought you here, then only they can help you. But perhaps, if your heart is true, I can guide you along the way. I've never been a righteous man. And I spent most of my life struggling to stay alive and in the process doing things I regret. Well, these people, and you by letting me in this very tent, have given me a chance to right some wrongs from my past. And in so doing, maybe bring some end to this growing evil in this part of the world. Well, I'd give my life, my spirit, everything I have to make that happen. So, if you can help me, I promise you, I'll give everything I have to make sure that the spirit of this boy can be brought to bear against this great evil that faces us all. If you were sent to us by seers who saw your fate intertwined with ours, then perhaps there is hope for you. But know this, Lork. I can do nothing for you. Only the spirits of the Vale can decide your fate. You may take the Asamar with you, for her journey is parallel to yours. The rest of your companions <clears throat> will stay with us, and hopefully they will be more trusting than your dwarven friend and his two weapons. <laughs> Grant's giving this sly look. <laughs> Me? Holy shit. Take your friend. Walk into the woods. And commune with the spirits. All I can give you is this. And he gets up. Leaves the staff there. It just f floats there. Doesn't even move. Whoa, this is a very powerful dude. <laughs> he walks over to like a side table that you didn't even notice when you first walked in. 
and starts mixing ingredients in like a, with a mortar and pestle, sprinkling, saying some things over it, and he brings it over to you. It says, drink this. I was hoping we get a good ayahuasca trip out of this episode. <laughs> uh, Lork drinks it. May your vision quest provide you with the answers you need. We will wait here. He just sits down. And the rest of the companions are escorted out. Whew. Without That's... their weapons. Still. And uh, and Lork has no weapons. Right. He's, you can... He's like, can I please have my weapons as I go into the woods? There's no telling what I might encounter out there. New weapons? You will not need them. You will not need them. <laughs> <laughs> Walked right into that I, one. For, I gotta set him up. I gotta set him up for Yoda. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> he does a good Yoda. Um, they hand you. Gorm's thorn, if you want it. Spear. Your longbow. Heartspit and a black arrow longbow. Thank you. I'll take it. Feraza, would you like your weapons back? Sure, sure yeah, she'll take her weapons. Damn. Feraza back her weapons as well. Lord's like, Baron, can I have the guns? You're gonna take a negative four to all your attack rolls, Lord. How many times do I have to tell this, you? This thing looks so exotic. <laughs> so they hand them to you and you see beyond the tent just darkness might be a path there mm-hmm. roll a fortitude save okay Ooh. nine natural three to start off the the vision quest so you uh take a step towards um the direction of behind the tent and Feyraza he kind of stumbles a little bit and Maybe you have to catch him. Catch him by the arm. <clears throat> you feel a little unsteady on your feet. Yeah. Lork. Um, you don't know if it's just being caught up in the moment or this elixir that you drank. But off you go into the night, leaving behind Baron, Sir Will, and Pembroke. Relatively defenseless without their weapons, although Baron has two guns in his pockets. And Pembroke's not defenseless. And Pembroke's <laughs> pretty powerful. <laughs> <laughs> so they're fine. Yeah. Against a horde of 60. I will follow where you go, my friend. I think it's... I think it's this this way. He just kind of starts stumbling in, in a direction. She's going to... kind of guided by his, his feelings. Faraz is going to palm Lork a handful of good berries. She's been casting them the past... You know, she'll give you like 15 of them. He's like, oh... These look really good. <laughs> oh. Save those for later. I eat them all right Should I eat them now? No. Then no. they look like I should eat them now. They, they, you should not. Okay. All right. You tell me when. <laughs> Lucy in the sky with diamonds starts playing. <laughs> uh, within five minutes, you turn back and you see no trace of the tent. You don't even know if you're walking in the right direction anymore. Just walking in the woods. Feyraza, he seems pretty much with it, but at times he looks like he's not there. Are you talking to him at all? Are you saying anything to him? Lork, are you saying anything to Feyraza? Uh, he's just, Lork is just, uh, I think reliving the moments because he's so wrapped up in this right now. 
And I think what comes out might be a little bit disturbing because um, he's he's talking about the the crime, but he's not saying it as if he's like <clears throat> sorry for it. You know, he's kind of like rehashing it as he felt then. You know, he's like this fucking kid. He has uh, gonna tell me that I don't tell my people I can't do it. You know what I mean? And he's just kind of like angry and, st- and and kind of stumbling along through the woods, reliving this moment. But he's channeling the feelings he had then, not the ones that he has now. And you kind of can see a little bit of where the this all this grief came from. I think Faraz is probably kind of horrified by that. I mean, she's already. I think she's already kind of like. What are we going to do? I'm, am I going to see Pudir? Like, am I going to finally make contact with the chosen one that I've been hearing about my whole life, whose service I've pledged myself to, you know? And then he's talking about killing him brutally in cold blood. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> no, sir. I told you it was for a good reason. He was a pain in my ass. Perhaps you should stop talking. All right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And Lork, you continue walking and the trees just start like all blending into one another. I don't know if you're surrounded by a hundred different trees or inside of one giant tree. Whoa. And all of a sudden you hear a voice come from up ahead. Home, 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 home. Little sapling. (laughs) Sorry, thinking about bearings here. Not expecting this. Strange little sapling. Wandered so far. Who are you? I can't see you. Show yourself. And it emerges from the trees, and you realize it was one of the trees. Oh, my God. And this ancient tree folk walks towards you. Little sapling. Washed down the river of time all the way to me. Look about you. Look at this place. It has stood here since the age of serpents, perhaps longer. I am youthful in its shadow. I see you have been uprooted. And you look down and your feet are gone again. Oh, oh God, what's happening? No, 
It was a dream. I knew it. I knew it couldn't be true. But he kind of takes stock, realizes he's not, like, feeling pain. What is this? Why a tree? Are we all trees now? You are a sapling. Your connection to the soil, to the earth, has been cut. I feel it. I feel alone. I feel like I used to be part of a forest. Now I stand in a desert. No sun. No no water. I'm I'm dying. I'm shriveling to nothing. No water can reach your trunk when your roots have been cut. Well, how do I fix it? There are roots you can see and roots you cannot. If you look down, your feet are back. How do I... I feel thirsty. I feel like I need a drink of water. Your thirst will be quenched, but you must seek to sink the roots you cannot see into the world of the unseen. This is but your first step on that journey. I wish you luck, little sapling. <laughs> Such complete and utter bad assery. <laughs> Skip! Uh, <laughs> here comes a Gormley bottle cap. Yeah! Yeah! Oh, that's a pro- white Gormley prototype. That's a Gormley prototype. Just think if I'd prepared something. I know, he wasn't even looking at anything. No notes, no notes, no notes. Oh, oh, baby. So he's like... Did Feraza Feraza, Feraza. He's looking around for Feraza. Feraza, you just saw Lork talking to a tree. <laughs> <laughs> so he turns and he's like, eyes floating. I have to find the roots. I can't see. You can help, my friend. I know you can. Your attachment... To the earth is like none I've ever seen. I, I heard stories of Silvermane. But I, by the time I returned to Trunau, he was an old man. I don't know, I feel like you could guide me. They said I have to connect roots to the earth. Roots I can't see. What does that mean? What does that mean? I... Do not know what you are talking about, my friend, but I will Am I Am I making sense? To be perfectly honest, not at all, but let's keep going, shall we? I feel like I'm making sense. Let us push on. All right. Well, the roots aren't... Just remember the roots if I forget. I have made note of the roots. He keeps walking. So, Feraz, you see this conversation he has with thin air... I have to imagine that it's... He's tripping pretty hard right now? ...jarring to you, but but the words seem too 
um, too important to ignore. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That Couldn't part about where he like, feels like he's in the desert was, I mean, she heard that. Yeah. That was interesting. You continue walking forward. Go on another half a mile or so. Is it like thick, dark woods? Or are we like in in the forest? There's a there's a ner- noticeable trail, but it's very overgrown with uh, trees. It tends to be like but a it's lot not of impassable. Like, yeah, no, it's like thin, thin white birch trees. You know, you can kind of get around. Bend them. Yeah, yeah, move them around. You can you find your way through. And eventually you come to a pretty small clearing, but obviously a clearing. And there appears to be a... Looks like it might have been a statue once, or a piece of a pillar. Something from a long time ago. Maybe it's an ancient Shawanti relic. Maybe this goes back pre-Shawanti time. Like Thessalonian. What do you do? Uh, he'll. Does it have any markings on it? It like, does appear to have markings. Like runes that he can't understand them, right? Uh, no. Um, Is there a knowledge check we could do? Sure, you could do a knowledge uh, history or religion. Knowledge religion? Yeah. Lorcan's knowledge religion. Ain't got those. Ain't got those. Um, how's a six grab you? Six. <laughs> Doesn't grab me. <laughs> Even in the spirit world, Lurk's gonna lurk. Uh, alright, so he doesn't understand, so he just kind of like, numbly kind of reaches out, uh, and, and attempts to touch it and run his hands along, run his fingers along the runes. I think this is something. I feel it. I don't know what it is, but it's important, I know. And as you're touching this, rune or symbol you start to recognize it it didn't make sense at first but now it's like shaping in your palm as you run your fingers over it like water or clay in your hands into a symbol of gorum oh oh and right when that becomes clear to you the voice rises up about 20 feet away Ho, ho, ho. Lork Iron Tusk. <laughs> yes! Yes! It is not surprising to me that you grew your feet back. For all worms wish to grow legs so that they will not be trampled by the feet of the great men that walk above them. <laughs> oh, Or are you... Are you alive? I swear I saw you die. I swear it. How? How did you make it here? Oh, I have spoken with Gorum, my friend. And I can assure you, he wants nothing to do with you. He suggested that I find your mother so that you may suck upon her teat one last time. (laughs) Like... Like the cravenly babe you are. (laughs) Orphas, I missed you terribly. It it must have been Gorham sent you back. I knew it. 
I knew that you were too strong to be killed that easily. If it was me, I... I would have died easily, of course, but you... You are too strong. You're stronger than me. A better follower of Gorham than I. And you're right. I never saw him right. I never realized. I thought that I was... Special. Protected by him. He doesn't care. I need to prove myself. And I didn't. You, however... You showed me what a warrior could be. Yes, I may have shown you many things. And although neither of us have reached our goal of unimaginable power... <laughs> I, I remember that. I like that line. I want unimaginable power, too. And as I said earlier, my friend, what did not surprise me is that you found a way to gain your feedback. What surprises me is that you used them to walk directly into danger itself. My only question is, what could be guiding those footsteps? Surely it could not be bravery. It must be foolishness on your own behalf. <sighs> Maybe it is. I needed. Once I had my feet back, I knew I was walking into danger no matter which direction I took. This seemed to be the one that brought less danger to my friends. And maybe I'm a fool for doing it. But I'd rather die and continue on this path, leading this lie about who I am and what I did. I'd rather face the evils of my past and fight them. And if they kill me, then fine. That's what it was meant to be. But, if I can best them, then maybe there's hope for my friends. And maybe... And you wouldn't understand this, I think. But maybe there's hope for my son. I may not understand the hope for your son, but I understand an invitation to open battle. Come, my friend. Meet me in the halls of... Gorum. Roll for initiative. Oh, my God. Is Frozen just like, shit. Just watching this go down, you see mists that he's talking to now. Now it seems to be a little bit more apparent, but he's still not all there. But he is drawing a weapon. <laughs> oh my god! What'd you get, Orphas Norkim? Eleven. Eleven. Oh, not a Baron roll there. What about luck. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna. Last week, if you'll recall, we got some die from Denver. Only uh, one of which we used in, or two of two. which we used yeah. in the testing. There were more to use yet, so I would like to bust some of these out. And I feel like this initiative roll is enormously important. Huge. As Lork is kind of. Off his, off his feet right now. Let's see what he can get. Would we call this mountainous terrain? Or is this just the woods? <laughs> it's just the woods, Just buddy. the woods. All right. We're going no favorite terrain. Uh, so the black and gold one. Okay. You remember there was a black and gold one. University of Colorado. Uni University of Colorado. Natural two. There we go. <laughs> You're out. And it's dead. You're done. 
So that's a four for Lork Iron Tusk. So Son of a B! Orphus with a six. <laughs> I would. I said at the beginning that you're 20 feet apart. Mm-hmm. Straight line. 20 <laughs> feet apart. Orphus, round one, you're up. <laughs> Orphus turns to Lord. Oh, my God. This is so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. You're standing in front of him, and you see, like, cargo. <laughs> then you see the orc that killed your son. Yeah. Then it comes back to Orphus. Oh. Then it's Targsinskin. <laughs> then it's Malira. Then it's Screed. Then it's back to Orphus. All these visions of everyone Gristlecrack. you fought. Gristlecrack. Oh. Everybody. But now you're toe-to-toe <laughs> with Orphus, and he's coming at you. And Orphus looks at Lork and says... I continue to walk a road you never could. <laughs> Pops a potion and disappears. Oh, oh no! no! <laughs> this is all equipment that was... <laughs> on, let me see it on your character sheet. <laughs> Show me your character sheet! <laughs> Lork, you're up. Uh, oh, God. Um, all right, Lork is going to uh, quick draw his um, longbow. Okay. Uh, and he is going to pull out an Orc Bane arrow. Ooh, and then he's going to oh. ready in action. Wish he had that orc slaying arrow, I bet. I know, I know. <laughs> I pull out an orc bane arrow, and he's going to ready in action, and uh, as soon as he becomes visible, he's going to fire. Okay, round two. <laughs> Just looking around. <laughs> all, all of a sudden, the arrow's pointing right in favor of his face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you just hear it's strange. The, 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 the voice you hear seems to be coming from every direction, and all you hear this round is... <laughs> oh. Oh. Can I roll a perception check to locate the voice? Nope. Shh. Nope. It's all right. <laughs> okay. All right. Trash I missed this, pa- this guy. Should have missed this guy. Should have passed that fortitude save. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Lork. Uh, Lork is. Uh, oh, jeez. Um, he's going to continue to hold one more round, though he has a suspicion of what's going to happen. He's going to hold for one more okay. round, but he's going to—he's not holding. He's keep ready in action. If he becomes visible, he's going to fire. Round three, Orphus. Orphus from behind his back. I know there's no facing, so if you want to play it to where he <laughs> attacks me, what are you going to do? No, I would say if you attack me, you—you you clearly hit me. You can't. Oh no! I, I think the way it works is what—what what do you want to do? Tell me what you want to do. I want to cast. Scorching ray on this guy. Oh, Ooh. wow. Okay, and what? so you so, become visible, but the action completes. You don't interrupt the action. You go right after it. Yeah, so when you ready an action, whatever, you it, it occurs before the action that did it. But when he's invisible, I think that it, it has to complete that action. Yeah, your, your action completes. This happened once in an episode a long time ago, yeah. and I like this ruling. You're, you're completing that action. Okay, great. And, but then Lork goes immediately and, and gets to attack you. So, so uh, it's a reflex save? Or is uh, it touch attack? Range touch attack. Right? Range touch attack. Okay. It's a ray. Oh, shoot! It is a uh, total of a 10 against your touch That's a miss! Oh, wow! Oh, Dexterous How many rays was that? Two. Two rays. Two 46 fire rays. He really dodged a bullet there. Wow. 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 Should have used a bottle cap. Didn't Orphus have a bottle cap? All right, Lork, you've got a beat on him now. Okay, so he had readied in action. So he's not going to. flat-footed, right? Was that flat-footed? Uh, well, it's touch. Yeah. Uh, flat-footed touch, right? Yeah, flat-footed touch. Oh, yeah, I guess, I guess that would be a hit then. Oh, it's a hit? 
I guess so. All right, it's time to get some scorching reactions. His head was off the piece, Troy. <laughs> All bye. right, that is for the first scorching ray. You were hit with sixteen points of damage. Ooh, Ooh. I'm rolling box guy. Second ray, second ray. Uh, I don't know where my final. Oh no, I got them all. Uh, Thirteen <laughs> points of damage. Ooh, oh man! Oh, come Couple on, rays. How far? Doo, how doo. far away is he? That was Ray Liotta and Ray Romano just oh. flying at you. I'm uh twenty-five feet away. Twenty. Oh, okay. Twenty-five. Scorching feet rage away. has scorching <laughs> ray has a range of twenty-five feet. So plus you five backed feet. up. You took a five-foot step back and did that jam. Right now he's ready. You can hit him if you uh, can roll well. I, all right. So so this is my readied action. Which is going to trigger, unfortunately, because I just should have, whatever. Right. Uh, all right. So, ready to action. We're going Denver. We're going blue, uh, slate blue and slightly gray. Okay. Let's go for uh, a one-shot hit here. Uh, Natty 18. Oh, that's like 30 go. to hit. Uh, that, that hits. Wow. I like that die. And that is, that's an orc bane arrow. So, that is, that's pretty legit. Oh, wow. <laughs> I rolled a one on the one d eight. That's the worst. Yeah, it does uh, thirteen points of damage. Oh, okay, total. okay. Uh, and then yeah, so that's that's it. So that's he gets it. another turn. So now it goes back to Orphan. Yeah, I yeah. don't get to do my my second attack. That's already visibility. Pretty cool. Pretty sweet. Orphos moves in with great haste and says, "You forget my better half, the human half. I saw that orc's bane arrow." And attacks with Oathbreaker. Oath- Oathbreaker. <laughs> <laughs> that is going to be a hit. That I is... remember your sword's name. <laughs> oh, and he's of course raging now. Of course, oh, man. That is a twenty-seven to hit. Oh man. no, this thing's going to rain down. <laughs> That's a hit. That's a hit. That is a total of twenty-three points of damage. Oh my god! Oh I my just, goodness! I, I miss him. <laughs> I do too. He was brutal. Yeah, we all do. <laughs> <laughs> I think Della misses him the most. Uh, we just really need Orphos to come out of this and <laughs> yeah. not Lork. Yeah. He just comes back as Orphos. The winner finishes the vision quest. Did I not mention that? Braza uh, is still very confused. Yeah, so <laughs> you just see Lork is like firing He's fired off an orc in the arrow, and and now it's he's right next to you, Lork. Orphus is face to face with you. Yeah. So, so in the spirit of uh, of battling in the name of Gorum, he's going to try to recenter himself and make this more uh, about Gorum. And so he'll drop the bow, uh, quick draw Gorum Thorn. Do I get an attack of opportunity? You do not for okay. quick draw, right? No, you don't get an attack of opportunity for drawing. Okay. He's going to drop the I always, bow. I always forget that she thing that does. Okay. Yeah. So boom, boom. quick draws Gorum Thorn. Oh, I love this Gorum's thir- Thorn versus Oathbreaker. Yeah, versus <laughs> Earthbreaker. He, oh. he pulls it out, and he's like, In Gorham's name, if I die, I die. But I'm taking you with me! <laughs> and he first swing, 27 to hit two, bitch! <laughs> oh, that's right! Oh. Whoa. Two can play in that game! That's kind of misogynistic. <laughs> uh, 13 points of damage. And then uh, second swing... Ugh. Misses. Second swing misses. Misses on the second swing. I, I imagine this is going to be toe-to-toe to the death now. Orphus, you're well, up! The death will be this round. But <laughs> So, um... I got to hit him! Orphus, I hit him, Mom. From twenty-five feet away, the reason he wasn't right behind him is because he wanted it. He wanted to see the surprise in Lork's eyes 
to see that he's taking a full attack action with three attacks because he also took a potion of haste. Oh, oh no. That was that second oh, round. No. When he just laughed. Oh no. We gotta bring this guy back. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. That is a 20 to hit. Uh, that is a hit. Oh boy. Oh. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Mortal Kombat. <laughs> that is 26 points of damage. Oh my god. All right. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> So 26 points of damage. Lork is uh, in orc ferocity mode. Okay. How many points? He's he's nine below zero. Okay. How many hit points altogether? What? How many hit points have you taken altogether? Altogether? Yeah. Uh, 78. Jeez, man. man. Second attack is not a hit unless an 18 hits. That misses. Okay. Final attack is a natty 18. Oh, man. I could have survived. One more round. Oh, no. That is minimum damage boxcars. One and a one. That's boxcars, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> that On is this podcast. 18 points of damage. Oh, and he is he's permanently dead. So 96 <laughs> points of damage with that final blow. So he comes up, boom, lays into him with Oathbreaker. The second one just grazes off Lork's Lork really armor. is so pathetic <laughs> up against a true Blood Rager of Gorum. That last hit, boom, hits you and knocks you down to negative 27. Negative. He has a con of 12. 27. Gibbs everywhere. You fall to the ground. <laughs> Faraza, you've just seen him swinging wildly and like bucking at imaginary hits in the air. From time to time, maybe you see the mists coalescing in a way that they could be attacking him. You know, as a druid, uh, you've heard of will-o'-wisps. Mm. You've heard of all those sort of crazy druidic spirits that float about the forests. But it doesn't quite look like that. But Lork crumbles to the ground. Can I go to him? Absolutely. He'll, he'll check. Uh, 26. He's taken, for some reason, tons of non-lethal damage. Uh... She'll do uh, cure light wounds, a couple of them. Okay, and you bring him up to like, you know, roll one. Uh, five points of healing. Okay, so it brings you up to like three hit points, and then roll another one. Nine points of healing. All right, so you're you're, you're about twelve hit points. Oh my god! So Ferrazzi, you you cast a couple, uh, cure moderates. Right or cure lights. I'll just start feeding him good berries. Feed him good berries. Eat these. And, and Lorik, you. You come to, you don't see Orphus, you don't see all the visions of a, your other enemies, uh, but you're on the ground, and Ferraz is standing over you, feeding you good berries. I mean, I, I imagine that he uh, sort of leaps to his feet, or at least to his knees as quickly as possible with Gorm's Thorn, almost to, like, attack Ferraza, like... He feels like he's still in the battle. Roll for initiative. So he's like, ah. <laughs> he's like oh. all of a sudden he snap, he snaps away. <laughs> My friend, <sighs> what has happened? <sighs> he looks around. Uh, is he still on the on the stuff? Or yeah, is he I mean, sobered up. He's, by this? He's, he's, he's sobering up for sure. Um, up. but he still feels a little off. He's seeing things that aren't there, or he's he feels like he's either seeing things that aren't there, or he's seeing through the Can veil he see of her, reality. Can he see her as Silvermane? Sure. For a second, I'm just imagining, like, as he like, sure, comes yeah. out of this thing, he's just like, oh, oh, oh sorry, Silvermane. I, I am not Silvermane, you... my friend. Please try to keep it together. And you know Silvermane can't talk. Right, right. <laughs> Feroz, I... Did you see him? 
Orphos. See, Orphos. He was here. Orphos is dead. Orphos has been dead for some time. I saw him. I swear it. Gorham sent him back. He he challenged me to combat, and I fear I may have lost. It's he a- didn't get away. You, he was, he wasn't here. I see no one. But it is promising that you have made contact with the spirit world. It's the drink. Yes, I... For... For as difficult as it is to die, it was good to see him again. (laughs) (laughs) He'll sheathe Gorm's thorn, and he actually sort of feels like, like you said, a little bit more sobered up and a little bit more kind of invigorated now you know that which is not real cannot hurt me you know yeah he he died there and and Feyraza simply brought him back with some berries it was all it took but he does feel exhausted wearied yeah um but he's like let's finish this if he's here there's a good chance there's some more dead we can encounter here tonight and maybe your quarry will be one of them and he'll uh, continue to walk past the stone and deeper into the woods. And you see on the stone that the rune never changed into a symbol of Gorham. It's still uh, an indecipherable rune. Yeah, it's my imagination. And, and, and that's what I was saying to you. It's like you're not quite sure if you're hallucinating or if you're seeing through the veil of the current reality to other planes or other times. You're not 100% sure. And Feyraza, this is, has to be mesmerizing to you as a druid who is so connected yeah. to the world around her, the the forest and whatnot. I, I don't know. Have you ever had a, a quest like this? No. I mean, Feyraza has been basically in training her whole life to follow the Chosen One. Right. This is her quest. This is her she's quest. She's mid-quest. Um, though I think she's interested. She's. I would think as addled as he is, she's going to ask about the curse. Like, what is the nature of your curse, my friend? What do you know of it? What are we trying to elite? What are we trying to save you from? It's hard to say. It's a mysterious fort that I, well, could be mistaken for a lot of things. But mainly it manifests itself in the death of those close to me. I lost many black arrows in my days of fighting, but I didn't know of anyone who lost their entire platoon to one creature and lived to tell the tale, but I did. At the time, I thought it was luck that brought me out of that, and then I thought it was evil that made me live through that. I never thought it was a curse for a long time, but there was a boy, a boy I raised who was the true-born son of one of those men. And he was a good boy. And he... He worked hard to be a part of the militia in Trunau. He fought to defend that city. And he... He was killed when orcs raided the city in front of my face. And there were more. Gormley. A woman who... Also was from Trunau. A woman I think you would have liked very much. She was very in tune with the spirits of the world. 
and the magic that exists within all of us. She was run out of that town for terrible reasons. And she had to live in the wilds by herself. But she survived. Because she was strong. And yet, she died in the strangest way. A creature that should not have had the best of someone like that. And there were more. Roderick, an up-and-coming militiaman in the Intrunau, who everyone loved. And yet, he died for no good reason, no good purpose. Well... So you are the bringer of death to everyone you meet? I... I didn't know it. Until Droja said that I... Well, Droja was an oracle in Trunau. Well, she's in Trunau now. She's in Trunau now. But we had met her in Red Lake Fort, and she said that she saw I was under a murderer's curse. I didn't know what that meant. But I thought it wasn't... It explained why so many died around me while I continued to live. And that's why I told you when we first met that you weren't obligated to come along. It would be dangerous, I thought. But I wanted to make sure that you knew being with me is, has been a dangerous... has been a dangerous journey for many. As I said before, my friend, it is not for me or for you that I fear, but for the world. We must push on. Aye, we must. And I fear that maybe these things I've been thinking were the extent of the curse, were only the tip of the iceberg. Maybe it's as big as you say it is. If it is Pudir you have killed, and I do believe you are right, I cannot imagine this curse ever being lifted. But we must try. I try we must. I'll push on. So he'll keep walking. And, and you feel, Feraza, that he's getting a little more coherent as the oh, good. Uh, quest rages on. You continue walking again. And, and now, uh, Lork, you feel a little more confident. You feel like uh, maybe like a young man again, ranging through this forest. The the pathway seems a little more clear to you now, even though you don't really know where you're going. Um, there's a part of you. There's like a, an inner compass that's the telling ranger you part. where to go. Yeah, yeah. The, your innate rangerness. And eventually, for some reason, you just stop. And you feel the presence of someone. He looks around. You look around and Feyraza's not there. Feyraza! Calls, looking. Feyraza! Hello, Lork. Up in the distance, a bronze-skinned, middle-aged man walks out of the woods towards you. Holy shit. You keep looking around. Peraz is totally gone. You don't see her. Don't be alarmed. Please, 
Have a seat. He motions you to like a stone slab thing that you didn't even notice was there when you first walked into this little area. Do you sit? Lork is like chills straight through his body. Hair is up on the back of his neck. He walks over to the bench. Sits down. You sit down on this slab and the man walks forward and maybe there's a little bit of moonlight coming through the trees and you see that he's dressed all in white robes and they look as if they're from another time altogether. He's got a bit of an accent but it goes in and out. You can understand what he's saying even though you feel like you can't. I know that doesn't make sense but it's like you're translating what he's saying as he's saying it to you. The words are unfamiliar, but you understand what he's saying. Exactly. <laughs> I can't wait till Skid GM's Ruins of Oslo. <laughs> <laughs> he says, do you know who I am? I think I do. Well, who do you think I am? He almost like chokes bringing the name to his lips. Oh, dear. <laughs> yes. Yes, my name is Pudir. No doubt that name means a great deal to you, especially lately. Let me ask you, did that name mean as much to you when you strangled him in cold blood? Your fingers clenched around his neck until his last breath went out. Him? Isn't it you? Wasn't it you I... I did that too? Well, my murder was far more involved, shall we say. But... We're not here to talk about me. I must say, I am truly sorry for all of the losses you've suffered, Lork, as I've suffered losses as well. You've lost so many. Gormley, Galabras, Benverine, Barry Connick Jr., Ingrahild, Umlo, Della, Brend, Roderick, all of your Black Arrow brothers-in-arms you lost. And, of course, your son. Jason. I had always hoped I would have a son. When Osiris blessed us with a child, I knew in my heart it would be a boy. Sadly, I never got the chance to meet him or his sons and daughters, or their sons and daughters, or my great-great-grandson, who you took from this world, Locke. Whoa. <laughs> Why are you here? To repent? To remove a curse? Do you believe some 
drug-induced act of contrition will prevent those whom you love from dying? These are all superficial reasons, Lork. Try as you might, those around you will always die. Yourself included. Those around everyone will, if the dreams of Volstice come true. <laughs> you spend so much energy worrying about your curse, worrying about brander. When the greatest threat to all mankind is amassing an army of giants to take over the world. That is all that matters, Lork. Now that the Chosen One is dead at your hands, you and your friends must give your lives to stop Volstice so that the world's curse will be removed. The words of oracles brought you here to me for a reason, though. And I want you to know that I forgive you, Lork. I forgive you for what you have done. And though I have never met him, I know that your Pudir forgives you as well. This madness is over with for now, Lork. Just lay down here. He walks towards you and helps you to lay down. Do you acquiesce? Yeah. Your vision quest, or whatever this is, has ended. You've come so far, Lork. He, like, gently rubs your forehead with the back of his hand. And you can feel his hand on your skin. I know you have lost so much, and you will continue to lose so much more. Such is life. But if you are to continue to fight this threat, you cannot walk this ground believing that the gods have cursed you. You came seeking redemption. And we are here to redeem you, Lork. And suddenly, Faraza is there. I must ask you, Lork Iron Tusk. And you can see she's like thinking things out really hard. He's laying down. Do you consider yourself a good man? I don't. Then perhaps you will understand. And she buries a dagger into Lork's <laughs> neck. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? 
dagger goes in your neck. Blood squirts. Oh my god! All over the slab. You see, very faintly on the dagger, the words, Brynja's love. Oh, oh. As your life fades out of your eyes, you remember the words of Droja. That there are only two ways to remove the curse. Redemption or your own death. And Lork dies. We'll see you next time. Oh what the fuck? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> we should call it Chellish Butthole after this. <laughs> The Glass Cannon Podcast is a powerhouse and Tate production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Giant Slayer is copyright 2015. Giant Slayer and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.